Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. I'm Robert, as always, here with Dustin. Dustin, I hope this doesn't turn into a sad episode. It might be a little bit of a sad episode, but there are some good things that happened too, right? Right? Like the day before Saturday, there were some good things. There were still some good things that happened in basketball. There were. That's what I'm talking about. On Friday, (laughs) uh, the Who's won the battle for Atlantis over Wisconsin. We'll talk about that later. But Rob and I want to talk about the elephant in the room, which is Virginia blowing it against Tech for the 15th straight year. And Rob, I know you've had a lot of thoughts on this. You wrote a really good article for Who's Place. And I just want to hear kind of your overall thoughts on the game. I mean, just just like pissed off, man. Like, yeah. you know, you can be happy with the season, and angry about that game it doesn't have to be you know an either or thing you know Mm -hmm. virginia should have won that game and the implications were big and i was talking with people about that talking a little bit with you about it too it was just the implications were so big you know you had the opportunity to like for the first time in 15 years say you're the best team in the state Mm -hmm. you know reach eight wins in the regular season you know right now you're trying to raise money to build this brand new you know, Olympic sports and football facilities, you know, I think if you beat tech, that's going to sell more tickets. Mm -hmm. You know, this was just a huge opportunity and we're going to dive into the details, but it was a huge opportunity missed. And to me, that was the most frustrating part about it. There was just so many times where UVA should have won. And there, I think about six or seven times during the game where if something doesn't happen or some, the ball doesn't take some random bounce, you know, it, would be UVA's game. But unfortunately, it did not turn out that way. And so that, it was just really disappointing because, you know, the whole season was based on like, oh, beat tech, you know, the beat tech mantra. Mm -hmm. We talked about that the very first episode of this podcast, you know, is that the right call? And I don't know if it's the right call anymore because when the guys came out in the first half, they looked like super scared Mm -hmm. and they didn't seem like they really knew what they were doing out there. Like this whole thing had been hyped up so much that they were so scared of not living up to it, which yeah. of course they did not at the end. Well, like the defense came to play. I think we you look at the game in three phases in the first half. The defense came to play mm-hmm. and they tried their best. I mean, you you just gotta you gotta give props for that tech touchdown in the first half. That mm-hmm. was right in front of my seats. That one handed grab against Bryce Hall. You know that's a play you want against the player you want. Yeah, and you just gotta give credit to that. But special teams just straight up missed block on that block punt you know someone Mm -hmm. was supposed to make a block there i know you said on tv you could see it all the way yeah i could see it all the way (laughs) it was just as soon as the ball was snapped you're like oh god yeah and then on offense our guys were nervous you know they had nerves and i don't know entirely what was there if the game had been hyped up too much for them i don't think any any play you know exemplified that more than that drop pass Tavares Kelly had right and you can even put a little bit of that on Bryce Perkins you know Bryce Perkins delivered some great balls in the second half and that ball to Tavares Kelly was not a good one severely underthrown still should have been caught right you know it wasn't going to be a catch and run situation like it should have been but still mm-hmm. should have been caught and uh, you know I've I liked the beat tech thing but looking back at it you know maybe that wasn't the best idea and i'm actually really curious to see you know if they're gonna do that next year too i just you know there's so many 
people and even tech people are like, this is the year you guys are going to beat us. I had friends who went to tech being like, this is it. Like you should come and watch it. But now I couldn't. And I'm glad I did not go because, you know, we're never going to hear the end of it. Like this was the year we should have won. Mm -hmm. And this was tech's weakest team in the last decade. I would say past two decades. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's even better. And they're not going to be nearly as bad next year. Their whole defense is coming back basically, except for, Ricky Walker. Yeah, yeah, Ricky they Walker. They only have six seniors on that roster. Right, only and so six. they're they're all coming back. It, it's going to be an incredibly difficult thing to beat them another year mm-hmm. when they're all better. And I, I just, I think this was a huge missed opportunity, not, not just for the money raising and stuff, but also for building the fan base back up. You know, the fan base has been held down so long by this rivalry game, so-called air quotes rivalry game, you know, <laughs> Hasn't been a rivalry in 15 years. And I think this was a huge missed opportunity for the program because this could have been a program-defining win. Like, I think if we had won that game, it would have changed the whole outlook. I agree. I agree. Really a lot. And I don't think it's program-defining as a loss, but I do think that the Tech games overall are program-defining. Like this program is defined by not being able to beat yeah our in-state rifle. Well, listen to our intro. Listen yeah. to our intro. Y'all heard it when the thing started. You know that's Colin Cowherd from 15 years ago talking about how soft UVA football is. Right. You listen to that whole thing. He'll talk about UVA football will fold up anytime they're faced with pressure. And mm-hmm. this this game wasn't on the players. This game there were missed opportunities. The chance to win was on the coaches, and yeah. that's what really really kind of bothers me so like there were huge misplays you know Tavares Kelly dropped the pass you know Tim Harris how he didn't shake that quarterback at the end of the second half yeah I, I honestly have to give props to like, Ryan e- Willis, even even the ref threw a block for yeah. him and, and he still couldn't <laughs> it's like bro him. you've been here for six years like <laughs> I mean you could see it like Charles Snowden at the end of that play was just he, he put his hands on his face he was like oh my god like how did you get caught by that slow white guy yeah well then uh, as we continue to roll over these missed opportunities, Charles Snowden absolutely should have had a sack on yeah, third down in overtime. That puts him out of field goal range, you know, fourth and God knows what right. from their 45-yard line. Yeah. Another thing is, you know, there were just some things that Virginia didn't control. You know, there mm-hmm. was the targeting on, or what could have been, maybe should have been should targeting have been. on Tavares Kelly. They still scored a touchdown on that drive, mm-hmm. but, you know, that could have changed you know, at least defensive it gets lineup. Their, for it gets Tech. their best defensive player out of the game. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't know what they didn't see. I know that the rule says you have to lead with the crown of your helmet. But when you dive headfirst at another player's helmet, I don't understand why that's not targeting, even if he's not defenseless. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't see how that's not targeting. Another thing was... Uh, it was the same drive, actually, as the Tavares Kelly drop was mm-hmm. the fumble that maybe shouldn't have been a fumble. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't really tell from my seat. People seem to feel pretty strongly that it was not a fumble. Yeah. So even the announcers who were God awful, by the way, like, thank God you did not have to hear them because <laughs> they were horrible. But they were like, oh, his arm is down. Like, this is coming back. And then the ACC refs decided, oh, you know, whatever it was maybe coming out before that but and you know that's a bang bang kind of play and so it's really difficult to overturn it i think once they call it on the field i think the call stood so it wasn't confirmed or anything but Mm -hmm. as we go through all these plays it just gets you know there's so many little things (laughs) like as we're saying like any one of these things changes the other way the game would have been well, the last one, Joey Blunt knocked the ball out, right, and it lands right in front of Tavares Kelly with two minutes left when Virginia Tech's about to score the game when he touchdown, and you you just got to feel or for in front of Brendan Nelson, Nelson, in front yeah. of Brendan Nelson, but you just got to feel for Brendan Nelson. You know, it had it right there, it and just it just takes popped a weird, out. It just and takes a weird. There's bounce. nothing. I like. I don't blame him at all for that play, yeah. but it's just sucks. Right, and you know, me me and my dad and my brother were watching it, and we see. um the running back break loose and we're like oh no and then and then it, the ball pops out we're like oh yes and then they <laughs> the tech people jump on it and we're like oh no it was such a wide range of emotions during that God. during that drive too 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, third and ten. Yeah, you're holding, you're holding Tech. It's third down, and Willis just heaves a ball towards the best cornerback in the whole nation, and somehow it gets wrestled away on the ground. And that was, I mean, that that's exactly how I feel about it. You know, there's no words for me to describe how disappointing that was. Yeah, I mean, there were so many plays. There were so many plays that. You know, you can't look at this and be like Virginia Tech was the better team. No, like you just can't, and their own fans will tell you that. Right, and it's just it's it's so brutal and so frustrating. And so instead of looking at all the little individual plays that went wrong for UVA, let's talk about what we could control, which was decided by the coaches. And Rob, I know you have a lot to say about one certain offensive coordinator for UVA. Yeah, so there's. There was a lot of talk, you know, obviously a rough first half. And, you know, some plays were there to be made uh, offensively in the first half. Some plays weren't. You know, Robert and I called a weird first half, a very weird first half. He, We'll talk about Bryce Perkins in a little bit. But, God, I mean, it just looked like he was setting Bryce Perkins up to get hurt. Mm-hmm. But what we're let's just throw that out. Let's just throw that out. That's part of the story. But to me, what lost us the game was Charles Snowden makes a great play. You know, under four minutes remaining, bats mm-hmm. the ball, picks off his own batted pass, gives Virginia the ball on the 11-yard line. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of the the main subject of this article I wrote for Who's Place. Everyone read Who's Place, by the way. But Read Rob's article on Who's Place. Or read lots of articles there. <laughs> but, you know, Robert and I just, just kind of, I don't know how else to say it as well, as I said in the article, it's just kind of cowered away. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a chance to up four points as Tech fans were leaving. Everyone, you know, Tech, the fans weren't confident this no. year. They weren't confident in this game. They lost four in a row, and the fans thought it was done. And we had a chance to put them away. Instead, we do two God knows what just straight runs by Bryce Perkins mm-hmm. and then some weird rollout to the left on third down. Which stops the clock, by the way. If you're going to commit to running the clock, at least do it all three plays. Right. It just killed me. It was conservative playing not to lose. And that's, to me, that is what I will always remember from this game, is Robert and I not calling those plays to win the game. Well, you know, and it didn't start on that drive. It started on the drive before, too, where we also ran three run plays with Perkins. You know, we, we got one yard, one yard probably zero yards and then we punted away and i think at that point bronco was trusting in the defense which you know was a great had played well they had they had played well and they did really well in the next drive they got the interception but you know anai had that anai had that mentality the drive before as well so it wasn't changing well i think important context here virginia obviously didn't score any points in the first half but then scored touchdowns on drives of at least 75 yards or more each of their first four drives of the second half. Mm -hmm. Each of their first four. All of a sudden, they scored 28 points. And after that, the next drive is the one you're talking about where they just ran the ball, didn't do anything. They ended up getting the ball back with a chance to go for the kill shot, didn't do anything. It's just they stopped being aggressive. And you could see how... I mean, how special of a player has Bryce Perkins really become? And players were making plays. It just it kills me to think that they just stopped being aggressive. They didn't give them a chance to win. Exactly. This UVA team wanted to win, and they were showing. They almost willed their way to win through the fourth, for through the second half. Really, I mean, they scored thirty-one points in the second half. That that's incredible. Yeah, especially against a team that they haven't beaten in fourteen years. Like that mental block. You know that we talked about that they didn't have last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they clearly had in the first half, but they got over it. They scored 31 points. They had every right to win that game, and the coaches, specifically Anai, and now we don't know if Bronco told him to slow down. Yeah, that could we very well know. be the we case. In any case, someone decided to not try to win. I mean, I think the story of the game is that the loss is on the coaches, not the players. I agree. I think that's entirely it. Which is. I think a good transition into kind of the next thing we wanted to talk about is just Robert and I and job security. You know, there's was a lot of things thrown around. Even me in the heat of the game was like, what is going on, Robert and I? Yeah. Like, I promise you there were multiple fire Robert and I texts <laughs> sent to multiple people on my end. 
but you know, sitting back at Sunday night as we record, game was obviously at least for us ended over forty eight hours ago. We've had a little bit of a chance to reflect, Dustin. I want to ask you: Is this whole fire Robert and I thing warranted? No, no, he's not going to get fired, and I don't think he should get fired either. Because look at the second half. I mean, before the last two drives, we scored uh, thirty one points right Mm -hmm. so there's no or we scored 28 points you know the four touchdowns on four straight possessions Mm -hmm. that was robert and i calling those plays so it's not like he did poorly during that half we know he can do it he's got the quarterback he wants in bryce perkins he has put in his system it worked this year for the most part right now Firing him only means that we have to get a new offensive coordinator, a new system. The players have to learn it. Bryce Perkins may not be the quarterback that the person wants, right? So all this th- stuff is up in the air. Anai is not going to get fired. There's just no way, right? We outdid everyone's predictions for this season. This season is not bad. We were supposed to be much worse this year. Now, if you just look at it for the last five minutes of the Tech game, yeah, everyone wants him fired. But if you look at the whole season, there's no way he gets fired just on his overall performance. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And I don't think there's necessarily any reason to adjust the staff. I mm-hmm. think Carla Williams ought to just give him a huge tongue lashing. Right. Everyone on that staff. How do you lose that game against Virginia Tech of all teams? Mm-hmm. How do you lose that game? But no, I think you're right. I, you know, I was heated. I was fired up, you know, the first half. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. I tend to think it's more nerves than anything mm-hmm. else. The second half, you know, players made plays, and it wasn't even as much. And I think the story of this season offensively was not so much, not so much a nigh calling great games as opposed to just putting people in position to make plays. You didn't see anything schematically where you're like, "Wow, that was great," mm-hmm. but you saw like little matchups here and there that they were able to take advantage of. And I think a lot of that actually goes to Bryce Perkins, Mm -hmm. but you know, this was, we've talked about this on this show, right? Or, uh, Robert and I has called good games and I've been impressed with certain games. Mm -hmm. I think he put his tail between his legs when it mattered most on, uh, on Friday night, but I would be surprised. I'd be very surprised if there was any major staff changes. And I don't think there probably should be, any major staff changes. I want to hear you talk about Anai's press conference after the game, because I know you have a lot of thoughts about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that showed just as bad as probably the play calling at the end on his part. You know, I was talking with a couple people, you know, was this worse than UMBC? For me, I'm a football guy. Mm-hmm. Being at the game, This for me, this probably was worse than UMBC. We can talk about that later. <laughs> I know, Dustin, you don't agree. I don't agree with but... you. We talked about that <laughs> This hurt for me. This was football matters more to me against your in-state rival. I think while it would have been nice to make a basketball run, I think there was more at stake, both for the football program and the overall you know, financial health of the athletic department, mm-hmm. depending on this game. But we'll push that aside. His press conference, to me, what I'm getting at here ultimately is that <laughs> the difference between this game and the UMBC game, both frustrating losses, but you saw just kind of the grace of Tony Bennett after that UMBC loss, you know, mm-hmm. how graceful and kind and thankful of a person he really is. And not to say Robert and I is in all of those traits, but he certain didn't, certainly didn't show it after the game when he gave his press conference where he basically was very dismissive, didn't take any questions and just said, turnovers were the story of the game, not my play calling. The play, and I just basically was, basically the players lost the game, not yeah, the coaches. And I just thought it was an incredibly poor interview. It reflected incredibly poorly, not just on Robert and I, but the entire coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I, I really disliked it. Yeah, I mean, it it was just another sour thing on a terribly sour day, yeah. right? Like you you would expect the coaches to come out and say, "Look, this is what we had planned, and this is what we thought." And but no, he just came out and said, "Look, we had some turnovers." That's why we lost the game. And technically, yeah, the turnover, Bryce Perkins' second fumble was the end of the game. Yeah. But that is not why we lost the game No, at we all. had many chances to win that in overtime. Yeah. Both on the offense and defensive end. It wasn't just like the offense had way too many turnovers. It wasn't like Bryce Perkins didn't throw an interception. Right. You know, Ryan Willis threw two. Yeah. Uh, 
it was just one of the weirdest, weirdest things I'd ever heard in my life. Yeah, I, I think that looking back at it, especially like as the months come on, that the press conference is going to be very strange, especially yeah. if we do keep an eye, you know. I mean, Carla Williams has got to ask questions like, why did you not answer any questions? <laughs> why did you just say, like, the players were to blame? Like, none of these things are true, or and you should have to answer for it. And I thought another interesting thing, which we talked about before we started recording, was Bronco Mendenhall comparing his interview after the game to Robert and I's, where... Bronco Mendenhall, I love listening to him talk because I think he's very introspective. He's very smart. You know, you can tell he reads and researches and cares a lot about organizational design and football schematics, just everything in general. And he's normally so long-winded, but that wasn't the case after the game. You know, he was quite frankly kind of curt. You know, he gave very short answers, three four-word answers. You could tell he was just pissed off. You could tell Mm -hmm. that he knew they blew that game and there was implications to that. And I think we're going to see implications from that game, you know, for the next 363 days, you know, from when we're recording until they get another shot and hopefully beat them, you know, we'll see. But, you know, it was just so different. It was Bronco was so pissed off and angry and didn't want to talk about it to Robert. And I was like, you know, we tried hard, but Mm -hmm. we had too many turnovers. It was like, it was just weird. I don't think, they were necessarily on the same page, the coaching staff, as far as the significance of this game and how they're going to evaluate it. Yeah, and also the other thing about a nice press conference that was really strange was he was like, yeah, it was a good season. I'm glad all our players tried hard. And it was like, do we still have <laughs> another, another game? We have another a bowl month game. Of practice, like, bro. What, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, the players tried hard this season, but you are certainly not done with the season. Like, we still have another game, and we're going to talk about that next. But I think, you know... It was disappointing, to say the least. Yeah. I mean, that just kind of, it added insult to injury. It did. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a pretty post-game showing from Robert and I. No. Which, to me, you don't fire a guy because of a press conference, and you probably shouldn't fire him anyway, but it's like, you know, give a good press conference, and we might not be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. We'll be angry, but we might not be like, oh, like, we hate Robert and I. Right. Like, I yeah. don't know. He he did not do himself any favors, and really anything he did, with the exception of about an hour stretch on Friday night, I agree. everything else was not pretty. Bad, bad. Anyway, I think that we should stop talking about this before we get sad, <laughs> and we should talk about looking forward to the bowl game. And I think we don't know what bowl we're going to be in yet, but there have been some predictions, some outlooks from different sources. Uh, Rob, what do you think of our current bowl predictions? Well, there's a couple getting tossed around. You know, I'm not really sure that we're able to say with much confidence, you know, which one we're going to be in. You know, some getting thrown around are the Belk Bowl, which mm-hmm. I think would be a fun fit. You know, it's it's one of those tier one bowls. You know, people are kind of saying Virginia Tech, assuming they beat Marshall next week, is kind of in line for... Uh, the military bowl, which UVA played in last year, it doesn't seem like Virginia is going to be in the military bowl again. You <laughs> Not know, a good showing last year. <laughs> That's true, very true. Uh, pinstripe bowl is an option, although it seems most people are leaning towards Syracuse on that. Mm-hmm. If an ACC team gets a bid, you know, some people are putting us in the quick lane bowl. Uh, that wouldn't be the most fun. I'm not sure I'd be super excited about that. Right. Um, you know, there's a couple getting thrown around. There's a couple getting thrown around. And Dustin, what we kind of want to talk about, because I don't feel like we're in, five out of the seven coastal teams finish with a seven and five record. Right. So good luck choosing these games. Yeah. But Dustin, we were talking about, is there anything you're looking for in a potential bowl game you'd prefer or a potential matchup you prefer you know just what are kind of your thoughts on that i mean honestly i think that my view of the season and i know a lot of people are not going to like that i say this but i think that my view of the season is going to be on this tech loss and so when we lost that game the season was basically done for me the bowl game really does not mean anything it would be nice to get a bowl win but the most important thing about the season was not getting to a bowl. It was beating Tech. That's mm-hmm. what the coaching staff put put on the players and told the fans, too. He's like, we have all these beat Tech things. We're going to beat Tech. 
it didn't happen. And so now that with that disappointment, just how it happened, I think the really important thing is that extra month of practice or so. And I hate saying that, and I, I wish I was really excited for this bowl, but I just, you know, it's hard for me to get up for it after that loss. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's tough, it's yeah. tough. For me, when I look at this, I think it's very important. Also, I hope Bryce Perkins rests. Bryce Perkins had an incredible mm-hmm. season, still one more game. You could tell, God, he came so far as a passer this year. Our he first did. few podcasts were about just kind <laughs> of making know, fun of his arm. We don't know what kind of arm he has. <laughs> and then look at look what he put up. I mean, that ball to Alameda Zacchaeus, you know, if he was mm-hmm. NFL passer, then I'd say maybe put it another yard out in front so he can mm-hmm. run after the catch. But I mean, good God, there's no way he's making that throw yeah. week one. Right. Anyway, I hope he rests because you could see in that game he doesn't. He was banged up. He didn't quite have the speed he normally has. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he rests. The reason I also bring that up is because Brennan Armstrong will get his red shirt this season, right. which is very good for the development of the program. You know, assuming he takes over after Bryce Perkins leaves after next year, he could be a three-year starter, mm-hmm. which is very nice. I got sidetracked there. Bowl <laughs> game. It's important to get the extra week of practice. For me, you know, the Belk Bowl would be nice. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have the Belk Bowl. It's in charlotte a very good location you know mm-hmm. a lot of uva fans will go there it'll be a fun matchup you're going to play against an sec team you know it could be south carolina it could be uh, missouri mm-hmm. you know there's a couple options on the table but to me kind of regardless of where we play or who we play i think it's really important to get a win mm-hmm. I, that's you know it sounds like every game you want to win the game but i would favor a game where I think Virginia has a better shot of winning mm-hmm. than a game where maybe it's not a great shot, but it's more of a fun matchup. Yeah. You know, this team lost three out of their four games to end the season, mm-hmm. and Liberty was their only win. Yeah. So they lost three out of four games. All three of those losses were against coastal teams. You know, you know, you can say, well, one of those games was against Pitt, the coastal division champs, and the other two games were in overtime. Mm-hmm. I just think this team needs something to pat themselves on the back about because. Yeah. This was a good season. Let like let's not pretend this it exceeded my expectations. I had mm-hmm. us at six and six. You know, is I just want this team. I like this team so much, and I just want them to be happy. And I just want. I think it's important to reach eight wins. Okay, I I, I see that. Yeah, and I agree. I, like a win would be great, and getting that's just another step in the program, right? Getting that bowl win, having a, a good end to the season, which we haven't had in. I, we haven't God ended the season on a win since 2005 when they beat Minnesota in that bowl game. Yeah, and so that's way too long for fans to not have a win to end the season, you yeah. know. So getting that is just another step in the program, and I and I hope they do do it. And it'll be interesting to see what bowl we get, but also where it is and who we play, because mm-hmm. I think that's going to determine how many people go out. You know, so we have some predictions having us in the. Hyundai Sun Bowl, you know, which would be in Arizona. Yeah, very, very mad. <laughs> which, which, you know, I don't know how many UVA fans are going to travel out to Arizona for a bowl game. It reminds me of that, uh, I think it was 2004, that bowl game. Uh, we played Boise, no, we played Fresno State mm-hmm. on Boise State's blue turf. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, like there's going to be no for, there's gonna be no Virginia fans out there. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> nothing against our fan base. I'm sure as hell not going out there. Right, exactly. <laughs> but... I think it'd be great to get the Belk Bowl, but at the end of the day, I might prefer the Sun Bowl if it means we get to play an opponent that I think Virginia has a better shot at beating. Okay. I I just think it's that important. Just yeah. for the psyche of our guys after this season, mm-hmm. end the season on a win. And, you know, this is going to be an exciting team next year. You know, we can do season recaps or whatever later, but... Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be an exciting team. You know, guys that you lose that are real contributors. On offense, you lose Alameda Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. I think Jordan Ellis is replaceable. Mm-hmm. On defense, you lose one Thornhill, potentially Bryce Hall. Yeah, you it know, depends on what he potentially does. Potentially Bryce Hall. You lose Tim Harris. But, you know, the front seven's basically all back, except right. for Chris Pease. Yeah. You, there's a lot to be excited about next year, especially with the way Bryce Perkins developed this season. He's yeah. going to be a great player next year. Yeah, and a lot of our offensive line comes back too, which, you know, they should be bigger, they should be better, they should have more protection. Next year is going to be fun. No. And Bryce Perkins should be, honestly, a Heisman contender next year. I, I don't know if I want to go that far. Well, I, I think he will be. You know, this season he had a lot of passing yards and a lot of rushing yards. He was an exciting player. He accounted for the most touchdowns 
in a single UVA season, rushing and passing combined. And so he is electric, and he is game-changing, and he is program-changing. And hopefully next year is the year that we really see this team take off and mm-hmm. show what Bronco can do yeah. with this team. Just before we kind of dismiss the subject, just to kind of give you an idea of how Bryce good Bryce Perkins was, completed 64% of his passes for 2,472 yards, 22 touchdowns, tied for the most in the ACC to just nine interceptions. Rushing the ball, he had net of 482, but if this was more like the NFL Mm -hmm. where sacks are counting against passing yards, not rushing yards, he gained 1,095 yards on the ground this season, Mm -hmm. which is almost 200 yards more than Jordan Ellis. I mean, this guy is dynamic, and we knew he was dynamic week one against Richmond, and we saw how far he came as a passer this season you know, against Virginia Tech. There's there's legitimate reason to be really excited for him as legit, you know, ACC Offensive Player of the Year. I'm not going to go Heisman. I'm not going to go Heisman. I'm saying Heisman. But there's reason to get excited about this team. I just want this team to win a game, you know, give themselves a pat on the back before they look into next year. I think that's the most important thing we're going to— Obviously, the practice is big, but I think that's the most yeah. important thing we can get from this You know, that's the, that's the fun thing about the bowl game is that you get to see a lot of players on the team take a big jump forward with, you know, that month of practice. They get some rest. They don't have to play any games for a month. And then they come out. They can show some new stuff. They can throw out some things that they haven't done before. And that's why bowl games are really interesting because you see a lot of things that are different about the team that you can see next year. And that's why they're so exciting, I think. It's, it's new. It's like a brand new team, basically. Yeah. I mean, I sure as hell love to see Tavares Kelly, you know, catch that touchdown catch pass again <laughs> in the bowl game. Yeah. But, you know, I think that kind of concludes our football talk. I don't I don't want to cry after we re- finish recording. <laughs> but I think, you know, there's a lot. It was a disappointing loss. I don't want this to overshadow the season but at the same time it is a big part of the season it doesn't have to be an either or thing you can be pissed we lost this game and also happy with the direction of the football program and the football season's not over we still got one more game we got about a month left before we will do a breakdown of the season probably and depends on depending on what bowl game we're in that might be in late december early january but it'll be late december (laughs) (laughs) but now it's basketball season, and we get to talk basketball all the time, which is great, because <laughs> I love basketball, and Rob loves basketball, too. I know that he likes football a lot, but yeah. basketball... We normally win more games in basketball. Normally. Normally. We better win more than seven games in basketball. <laughs> so, anyway, the basketball team won the battle for Atlantis this past Friday. They beat Wisconsin, uh, and they had beaten Dayton and Middle Tennessee State on Thursday and Wednesday, respectively. And Rob, I want to hear some of your thoughts about the first couple of games that Virginia played. Yeah, I mean, they were were tough. Mm -hmm. You know, they were tougher than what I expected. You know, Middle Tennessee State, we didn't look sharp, Mm -hmm. but the team kind of pulled away in the second half, as you kind of expect them to. You know, they won 74-52, you know, 22-point win. You can live with that. Against Dayton, I listened to a lot of people on Twitter and talk and read some articles. Maybe mm-hmm. Dayton's better than we gave him credit for. Not not the sharpest game by any stretch. You know, just a seven point win. There were there were interesting things there. Uh, Kihei Clark, which we're going to talk a little bit about. But you know, the I just think it was good for us. You know, get out of our comfort zone, play. Even though it's technically a neutral site, we'll call it away from John Paul Jones. Playing a game there. You know, I didn't see the Wisconsin game. I was traveling to Blacksburg, so mm-hmm. I'll kind of pass it off to you, I guess, as kind of what you thought in the championship game and then also kind of before that, too. Yeah, I mean, for the Wisconsin game, the thing that really stood out to me was how well we came out in the first half. At the end of the first half, you know, we were up by, it was a, it was a lot. Hold on. 33-18, I think. Yeah, 33-18. And so at that point, it seems like we were really in control of the game and I wasn't that worried. But then Wisconsin came out and really kind of punched us in the mouth in the second half. And Virginia actually did not have a good second half against Wisconsin. 
Well, Wisconsin is the 12th ranked team on Ken Palm. Right. You know, Virginia's third right now when we record. So they're definitely not a bad team. Even though they were ranked 25th, the advanced stats kind of favor them a little higher than that. Mm-hmm. The thing about Wisconsin is that they have a great player in Ethan Happ. And Ethan Happ really carried his team. He had 22 points. No one else had over seven points for Wisconsin in that game. And whenever Wisconsin and Virginia play, it's kind of a slugfest. You know, it's yeah. some, someone has low 50s and someone has a high 40s game. And this is exactly what it was. You know, slow paced. It was very defensive. A lot of missed shots. Wisconsin plays hard-nosed defensive ball. They play the pack line like UVA does. And so it's it's really kind of a, you know, like a Spider-Man meme kind of thing. Like, you know, you're pointing at each other and saying, you. hey, you. it's like the same thing, right? It's spot on. <laughs> but, you, you know, Virginia by no means played the best game that they could have. Even though we didn't play best, we still won by seven. And so that's what stands out to me is that this team is good enough to overcome some deficiencies, whether it's their bench or fouls or whatever, because we have certain players who can carry us this year. Well, players that can carry us, DeAndre Hunter, he had 20 points against Wisconsin, 23 against Dayton, and then 15 against uh, Middle Tennessee State. So he led Virginia in scoring in all three games. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that was good. We talked about last week, DeAndre Hunter took a couple games this season before he really kind of looked like his old self, the dominant self we knew he could be, you know, the potential lottery pick, Mm -hmm. you know, at least first half of the first round. I thought that was good. I thought that was good. Just seeing him step up and take over and seeing someone other than Ty Jerome kind of leading the charge a little bit. Yeah. And I think that, you, you know, Ty had a good game too. He had... 11 points on he, he was 5 of 17 for shooting but you know you can't really blame him against a defense like Wisconsin you know Dre really stood out to me he was 8 of 14 he was over 3 from 3 point light range but so he was 8 of 11 from 2 so he was really efficient he played 36 minutes he had 8 or he had 9 rebounds and one block only one turnover no fouls and he played really well the whole time he looked like the leader of the team not verbally but physically he was the person that they gave the ball to when we needed a bucket Mm -hmm. but i think that kind of is a good transition into kind of the opposite side of what i was looking at with this game you know just looking at the box score virginia scores 53 points against wisconsin Mm -hmm. 40 of those points came from deandre hunter ty jerome and kyle guy right you know we knew those guys were going to be big three if you, of the big three if you will of mm-hmm. this virginia team you know deandre hunter has 20 points ty jerome has 11 kyle guy has nine which means 13 points you know 20 percent more or less of the total was scored by the rest of the team you know those right. three guys counted for about 80 percent of our points and braxton key didn't have any points you know mm-hmm. he didn't even uh or i guess he was over four from the field yeah you know it What's your kind of take on that? Do you think that's good that there is a little bit of star power, bad that you want other people to contribute? You know, how how do you make sense of that? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of this goes into what I was talking about earlier where we didn't have the best game, but we still came out on top. You know, we only shot 23.5% from 3. Uh we we didn't shoot well from 2 either. We only shot 43%. And so even when we shoot bad, when we have bad games, we can still come out on top. And, you know, we only had really DeAndre, Ty, and Kyle score. And Kyle only had nine points and Ty only had 11. So really those three had 40 points with them. Kihei had five and Mamadi had six. Jack had two as well. We only played seven people. Mm-hmm. So Tony... Jay Huff didn't play. Jay Huff didn't play. Marco didn't play. I think this is where Tony showed what the lineup is really going to be like for ACC play and for games that really matter a lot. Something that was surprising to me was Kihei Clark starting. Yeah. This really shows how Tony feels about this freshman. And he's played really well. You know, he's deserved those minutes. He played 37 minutes, which was the most of anyone behind Ty. Mm -hmm. I think that he is going to have a much bigger role this season than we imagined. Yeah, I mean, even even what we imagined a week ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, 37 minutes, it's nothing to shake your head at. 
it, he had five rebounds, you know, mm-hmm. he had the second most rebounds behind DeAndre Hunter. Right. Uh, I guess he tied with Jack Salt with five, but it goes back even further than that. You know, Kihei Clark, he was just one of three, you know, from the field against Wisconsin, but he was more efficient in other games. You know, Kihei Clark, he uh, was three of seven from the field against Dayton, but he was also two of three from three. And, you know, same thing with Middle Tennessee State. You know, he was three of four from the field, one of one from three-point land. You know, you're seeing what I was kind of concerned about was that he just wasn't going to be a super efficient shooter, mm-hmm. you know, those first couple games of the season. Well, I think now we know he can be an efficient shooter. And to me, that's big because it means he can be this pest, if you will, mm-hmm. on the, the mongoose, as some people are calling him. The goose. <laughs> the goose. But he can also be... an an effective player offensively not just as far as distribution right. but scoring yeah i mean he he can he has shown us that he can shoot from the three mm-hmm. which is big because we now have a point guard who can distribute but also can make people come out to him on the three and then he can dribble and and you know do whatever he does so far this season he's shooting 43% or 44% from three which is incredible, Mm -hmm. which is actually higher than what he shot in high school. Now, if anyone's going to teach someone how to shoot, it is Tony. Tony, (laughs) So I think that the most important thing to realize is that he's only getting started too. Like Tony had him starting for a reason against Wisconsin. You know, he trusts him. He needed to, I think the matchup warranted Kihei starting instead of Braxton Key or Mamadei, Mamadei. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that with Wisconsin's players, especially Demi Trice, uh, Tony wanted someone to really be on him the whole time. I think it's interesting that he started. I don't know if he's going to start for the the rest of the year, uh, but I'm interested to see if Tony changes up his lineup a lot based on matchups. Yeah, well, I mean, we really had seen one starting lineup so far before this tournament started, you know, and then Jack Salt had some back pain or whatever you want to call it. So Mamadi moves into the starting lineup, uh, you know, for the first two games. Mm-hmm. And then then you move Mamadi out and you go even smaller and you get Kihei Clark in there. And it was, I'm just curious because Tony Bennett, if it's anything like last year and years past, he'll play around a little bit with some lineups in mm-hmm. the non-conference slate. But then once you get to the ACC schedule, it's, it's going to be the same. It's pretty solid. So there's options here. There's more options than what we thought there were, you know, a week or two ago, I but, guess. But, you know, Tony has shown us this season that he's willing to do things differently. It's true. And so I really have no expectations for what is going to happen during the conference slate. I mean, he can start Kihei. He can start Mamadi. He can start Braxton. He can start Jack. I think Kai, uh, Kyle, <laughs> sorry, Ty, Kyle, DeAndre, they're they're probably going to start every game. Yeah, I think that's safe. Now the other two spots are going to fluctuate probably, especially during non-conference. Mm-hmm. Now it'll be interesting to see, as you were saying, does Tony really solidify a lineup during conference play? Does he change it up? And I don't know the answer to that. And that's why we watch the games. I mean, I think assuming Jack Salt gets healthy just for that physical presence he brings, Mm -hmm. I would think Jack Salt's in the starting five, you know, once ACC play starts. But that fourth spot, you know, maybe it's the same lineup we just saw with Kihei Clark in the starting lineup. Maybe it's lineups we had seen previously with Braxton Key. Mamadi Diakite, you know, the story of his Virginia career has been struggling with consistency Mm -hmm. if he can get that down he's a better offensive player this year than he has been in years past Mm -hmm. he's got that legitimate threat of the three-point shot now i just don't know i just don't know and i don't know if anyone knows and even really if tony bennett and the staff know until we play a couple more games i i think something to look back on especially during the wisconsin game was how good jack salt was defensively against ethan happ and even though ethan happ had um 22 points he would have had a lot more if jack salt had not been there you know he was 11 of 9 from the field didn't shoot any threes he played 36 minutes but jack forced him really into six turnovers as well Mm -hmm. and that was a lot of jack posting up being strong in the paint and you know with a player like hap you're going to get times where stuff goes in and ethan hap knows how to get to the basket 
but and you could see with Mamadi in there, even with DeAndre on him, you know, he was getting whatever he wanted, basically. So when Jack was in there, when Jack was playing on him, he played really, really good defense. There's going to be, there's six more non-conference games left before we get into the ACC schedule. Next one being this Wednesday at Maryland. So Maryland isn't the team Wisconsin was, you know, both in terms of ranking and as far as advanced stats go ken palm has them at number 33 now mm-hmm. but that's gonna be a tough environment and that's it's a game i think virginia still should win mm-hmm. and i'd be pretty disappointed quite frankly if they don't win yeah but it's gonna be a good test for these guys just the same way this tournament was the battle for atlantis yeah you know maryland is not like great like they used to be in the acc kind of once they left the acc they kind of fell off a little bit mm-hmm. But this year, they should compete in the Big Ten. This is not a bad matchup for us. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how we play in that environment. You know, once again, Maryland is a tough place to play, and they do not like Virginia. The players will hear it. Yeah, the players no are going to hear it. players are going to hear it. Kyle's going to hear it. Ty's going to hear it. DeAndre's going to hear it. Kihei's going to hear it, too. Uh, but we sh- once again, as you said, we should win this game. Yeah. We I, definitely should. I think it's a good test. And you look at the rest of the games on the schedule— I think there's, you know, out of the six left, uh, uh, you know, you have Maryland, Morgan State, VCU, South Carolina, William and Mary, and Marshall. I think we're looking at three potential real tests here. Maryland, just as much due to the fact that it's on the road as opposed to anything else. Mm -hmm. South Carolina has shown they're maybe a better team than what we envision, you know, Mm -hmm. at the start of the season, you know, Power 5 team, SEC team. And Marshall is kind of the sneaky good team, too. Uh-huh. So there's going to be a couple more tests. Still not, like I've said over and over again, still not like that big test, that Villanova matchup, but which Villanova somehow fell out of the <laughs> yeah. rankings. Villanova well, had a rough start to the year. <laughs> well, they, they just beat Florida State, so they might be back in the rankings. Uh, yeah, that's a good call. Um, but anyway, the, the the I like this matchup against Maryland. They really are not a great three-point shooting team. They've got really two players who can shoot. Eric Ayala, who shoots 45% from the uh, from three. but all, And the next one is Aaron Wiggins, who shoots 38% from three. After that, the next highest person only shoots 23% or 28% from three. So they're not a great three-point shooting team. They mostly try and get it in the lane. And that starts with their uh, center, uh, Bruno Fernando, who is a 6'10 sophomore, 240 uh, I expect Jack to really feast on him uh, in the paint. <laughs> Although this guy is pretty good. He uh, shoots 78% from the field, which is the 19th best in the country. So he is a good player. He's uh, tall, strong. So, But I'm excited to see what our defense can do against a team that is really not great at our weakness, which is threes. Yeah. I mean, that guy, he hasn't played the pack line yet. No. So Tony Bennett's pack line. Tony Bennett's pack line. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's going to be a good matchup, one that I'm definitely excited for. Yeah, yeah, and I'm excited that's basketball season. We're going to talk a lot more <laughs> basketball now. It's, yeah, it's the only way now. We'll, we'll talk football. We'll throw some football in there every week. Oh, we'll see. I mean, we'll get, we'll we'll get see the bowl game. You know, if the player, recruiting. You have the players go to their their uh, <laughs> their interviews and get some <laughs> quotes, we might, we might know what's happening. I, I don't know if we can do the podcast without player quotes. Maybe I'm that, just going to say it. Maybe, I don't know if we can. Maybe that's why they lost. No, no quote. <laughs> no quote. See how, see how selfish they are. We, are. we are being facetious. We do not think the players need to give quotes to anyone. That's a whole different <laughs> subject that I, I'm not ready to go down that We don't path. need to. It was ridiculous. <laughs> if you want to listen to Ahmaud Hawkins' rant on his Twitter page. He, I actually love that. He really, yeah, he really laid it out uh, as well as you can. That was a very unproductive 15 minutes at work while I listened to Ahmaud Hawkins. <laughs> right. Right. Let go. Anyway, I think that's all we have for basketball. Uh, Rob, you ready to get some shouts? Yeah, let's let's give some, some yells. yells. Some yells. Some yells. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's give some yells. Uh, for me, the big one has to be Taekwon Smoke Mizell scores his first career touchdown, uh, touchdown reception on Thanksgiving Day for the Bears. He's a guy that is third on the depth chart, but he's gotten playing time the past couple of weeks and. You know, you just I just always like the guy. You know, he he came in as a five star, didn't always didn't necessarily live up to the billing, but mm-hmm. he was a guy that just showed up 
and worked and stuck it out through some tough years at yeah. UVA. I mean, mm-hmm. his his years, he's his freshman and senior year were two and ten seasons. The peak, the peak Mike London years, and the worst Bronco years. Right. But then I'd also be remiss if I didn't give love to Bryce Perkins too. You know, we we're angry about the football game. Mm-hmm. I'm angry about the football game. Virginia should have beat Virginia Tech. Uh, but it Bryce Perkins balled out, man. I mean, that guy, just to give you a stat line, he finished 14 for 29, passing for 259 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, also only took one sack, rushing the ball. He had 24 rushing attempts mm-hmm. on a sprained ankle, I'm assuming. Right. I, I don't know how that's anything less than a sprain. For uh, 24 rush attempts for 112 yards. I mean, that guy is the definition of toughness. He's a leader. And he's dynamic, and players love him, and they should love him. Even the people in Blacksburg like him. Mm-hmm. He's a heck of a player, and you just gotta you gotta tip your hat to him. And it's a shame they lost that game. Yeah, and I'm excited to see him next year, though. Definitely, definitely. Good. But my yells go out to the UVA NBA player, specifically Malcolm Brogdon, the president. He had 23 points in his most recent game for the Bucks, including a uh, three point dagger to really ice the game away against the Spurs, which was great. And then also to Joe Harris, who is one of the best three-point shooters in the league right now, which is incredible seeing how far he's come from being a reserve on Cleveland to getting cut uh, and traded. And now he has a really good uh, salary and you know he's living up to the hype. So really good for him. Also to Mike Scott, who hit six three-pointers uh, for the Clippers the other day. Not sure if he plays that much, but, you know, <laughs> always good to see Mike Scott, you know, hitting some threes. That's right. But anyway, I think that's all we have for you today. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Snapchat at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on iTunes or Podbean if you want to keep listening. Oh, and, also. <laughs> and we yeah. have an update for you, Rob. Yeah, so Snapchat, we're still going to keep that running, but... <laughs> There wasn't a lot of activity on there. We found it wasn't that popular. (laughs) So we have an Instagram now, at Guys and Ties Pod. You know, follow us. Great content. We had a lot of great Tech Week content that Mm -hmm. unfortunately doesn't look as hype now. Yeah, but we... We're we're on Instagram. We're we're on Instagram. We're going to put that on the Twitter account too so that you guys know where to follow us. But make sure to give that a follow too. We'll we'll follow you back. We always follow back. We always follow back. (laughs) But anyway... That's all for us today, so make sure to follow all those things, and we'll see you guys next week. Go Hoos. Beat Maryland. Yes, sir.